section three of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume one chapter three tis a common tale a tale of silent suffering hardly clothed in bodily form the excursion mr lester at violet's request was invited to dine with mr osborne a few days afterwards having heedlessly put himself into albert's hands for the occasion and albert rarely attaining to the virtue of punctuality the company had sat down to dinner before he arrived violet was much vexed at this contretemps but punctuality was a point dear to mr osborne his time and tide though forced he said occasionally to wait for a woman waited for no man with cordial kindness however on lester's entrance he went to meet the stranger and set him as he hoped at ease by directing him to a vacant seat but the vacant seat was far from violet and as except in her mind no particular interest was felt regarding the stranger he remained silent during the principal part of dinner when he first appeared observing his tall and dignified figure and the countenance on which though remarkably handsome the seal of middle age was lightly set she blushed as she thought of her destined purposes of kindly encouragement but before dinner was over they had been formed anew the very same purposes only with much more interest and much more zeal and this because his diffidence even during that hour had become apparent to her eyes when addressed by her father from a distance which happened twice in the course of dinner she had seen him colour as a young girl in his circumstances might have done and though his answers were given with great composure he sank back with an appearance of relief when allowed to relapse into obscurity again all the guests except lester were at home in the house and when they appeared in the drawing-room disposed of themselves with easy unconcern but he was a stranger and alone and with the perversity common to shy strangers he placed himself on a seat whose inaccessible position cut him off from notice there is in miss edgeworth's novel of patronage a description of what is there called mauvaise haunt she says of one of her characters he was subject to that nightmare of the soul who sits herself upon the human breast oppresses the heart palsies the will and raises spectres of dismay which the sufferer combats in vain that cruel enchantress who hurls her spell even upon childhood and when she makes the youth her victim pronounces henceforward you shall never appear in your natural character innocent you shall look guilty wise you shall look silly that which you wish to say you shall not say that which you wish to do you shall not do you shall appear reserved when you are enthusiastic insensible when your heart sinks in melting tenderness and so forth and so forth the passage speaks of an extreme case and is highly colored yet in its general features it as truly as forcibly describes the common trials of a shy man john lester was one of this unhappy race 
with talents above the average with personal advantages which alone would have brought most men into notice an unaccountable diffidence had laid its frozen hand upon his soul the world in general is too busy to observe those who withdraw themselves from notice but even among those who did observe lester was misunderstood he had by the exertion of common sense and by natural strength of character so far conquered his shyness as to subdue some of its outward signs he had learnt not to stand waving his tall body as many shy men do when a seat would set him at ease he taught himself to go through the common forms of society and to speak common forms of speech with a grave composure which concealed his inward trepidation but the very conquest of outward weaknesses made him but the more liable to be misunderstood and while it displaced pity brought criticism in its stead he was called proud when often he would have been thankful for a child's notice cold and indifferent when his heart was beating with sympathy dull and apathetic when had he dared to speak his words would have won golden opinions from men he knew his infirmity and owned his weakness but knowledge brought neither strength nor comfort he felt his bonds but could not burst them thus it was that in general as albert had said he was neglected and overlooked he could not put himself forward and no kindly feeling went forward to drag him out and thus too it was that neglect acting and reacting upon his character he withdrew further and further from notice into the solitude of his own soul whether his shyness proceeds from pride or humility is a question often asked and since it probably proceeds from both will be often disputed it is a very true humility that causes a poor soul to doubt of its powers to please that causes it comparing itself with other more gifted beings sadly to feel that the charm of attraction is wanting but it is pride that makes it acquiesce in this want of attraction and rather than seem to court a notice not freely given to hide for ever the gifts it is conscious it does possess the different ingredients are variously blended in different characters in some pride prevails in some humility but probably both are necessary to produce shyness in any aggravated form in lester the humility was very genuine the talents that were overlooked by others he overlooked himself and in the power to attract he was but too painfully conscious of a deficiency but though thus genuinely humble it was also true that pride was slumbering in no small proportion within after waiting in the vain hope and expectation that he would approach her during the evening violet at length summoned albert and said i cannot bear to see mr lester sit there by himself i must go to him or you albert must bring him to me which shall it be i will bring him to you replied albert discreetly it was my being so late that put him out to-night if we had been in time he would have made acquaintance and all would have been easy before now it shall soon be easy said violet confidently but what a strange thing it is to see such a man so shy it surpasses my understanding come along lester exclaimed albert 
approaching his friend my cousin wishes to make your acquaintance so lay aside that newspaper and follow me he arose at once very thankful in truth for the notice that brought him out of his self-chosen yet awkward position there continued albert pushing him with easy familiarity into a chair now be comfortable do i was telling violet that you were very much ashamed and put out by being so late but what can't be helped is best forgotten it is of no importance now it was not a very civil way on our side i mean of beginning an acquaintance said violet laughing but we shall be all the better friends for beginning uncivilly the ease and friendliness of her manner thawed lester's frost-bound powers and he became himself after a little conversation albert overhearing a discussion between his uncle and another gentleman regarding a disputed will walked off to give his attention to and his opinion on the subject leaving lester and violet to themselves i am so glad to have seen you mr lester she began with a manner that in some might have been over forward but in her was only characteristic for you must know that you have been my enemy for some months how so he asked with a smiling surprise only from perversity i believe albert chose to look up to you and to quote your opinions and in consequence i pictured to myself a very disagreeable image of what his friend must be a very different one in short to the reality alice and i are great friends he observed quietly where did you make acquaintance with albert she asked suddenly i have never heard he was silent for a moment then replied alice is so much younger than i am that there can be nothing strange in my telling you that our acquaintance arose out of a piece of advice i one night gave him which he instead of resenting as many would have done at his age accepted as it was intended we have been great friends ever since great friends i am sure from albert's account but it surprises me still in fact i cannot understand it you must be so different friendships spring much more from circumstances than rules he said smiling you must have hard work if you try to account for all the fancies and intimacies of all your friends never so hard work as now violet did not say but thought to herself for she could see no possible ground of union between the grave thoughtful man and the good-natured shallow boy do you go out much mr lester she presently inquired never for my own pleasure sometimes as chaperon as chaperon and violet almost screamed in her surprise well i dare say i look like an awkward chaperon he observed with a smile but a man must do what falls to his lot nevertheless indeed that was not what surprised me i am only surprised at your being so different to the fancy i had formed of albert's friend but who do you take under your chaperonage my sisters to accept of me when they can get no better one is kind enough to say that she prefers me to others albert never told me you had sisters i have five but only three go out into the world and what do you do as a chaperon violet asked laughingly i do the best i can he said with a kind of quiet humour i lean my back against the wall when i am not wanted i move when i am desired 
sometimes i walked down to supper and up again and once i extricated my sister from a dilemma respecting a disagreeable partner but this she said was so awkwardly done that i have since been spared any active business and does it bore you very much no indeed i am never bored it would amuse me beyond anything to have a girl to take care of said violet laughing i think when i am old enough i shall advertise myself as a chaperon the only fear would be that i should wish too much and plan too much yes that is the danger he remarked gravely an unoccupied observer for i am an inactive chaperon sees many plots passing under his eyes does he she asked eagerly i wish i was an observer but i am too busy myself to see much of what others do what do you see some things that please me some that i had rather not see but i only observe it would not do for an observer to be a reporter i should like to meet you out in the world said violet frankly the eager speech the implied expression of pleasure in his society so natural to her to speak so uncommon for his ears to hear affected him in a way she could never have imagined possible it gave him inwardly indeed a strange thrill of pleasure but its outward effect was to make him nervously draw back into himself it also caused something to slip from his hands and fall at her feet she stooped and picked it up she had observed that while he conversed with her his fingers were engaged in fidgeting with a piece of paper the result of the fidgeting as she raised it from the ground drew from her an exclamation of wonder mr lester did you really make this it was the minute form of a little monkey pinched and twisted into the most perfect proportions yes i believe i did he replied colouring deeply i hope i have destroyed nothing i really was not aware what i was doing too full of curiosity and pleasure to remember how much he might dislike to be brought into notice violet called to her father to admire a perfect little monkey mr osborne observed examining the small creature through his glasses as a naturalist examines a plant and five minutes ago the little thing was an old letter said violet i call it wonderful mr lester her exclamations drew the rest of the company to the spot and as is customary the expressions of admiration were beyond what the occasion required especially from the female part of the assembly lester looked as if he had been found guilty of some crime for the truth was the production of the little creature was a weakness and he knew it it was the effect of a nervous temperament which laid hold on any employment which drew him from himself again and again he had resolved to be guilty of the weakness no more but in vain in shy moments no piece of paper ever came in his way without bearing the traces of his hands that his productions were full of genius that other men should have used them to win attention and admiration was nothing to him in his eyes they were memorials of his weakness and nothing more put the thing down do violet whispered albert angrily in her ear can't you see how you bore him violet glanced her eyes towards lester and saw it tea is ready she remarked with quickness give me my treasure and let us go and taking it from some hand 
she opened a drawer and tossed it in i make tea myself in an old-fashioned way she said to lester as she passed anxious to put him at ease i hope you will have some he followed with albert but it was not at violet's tea-table that he or such as he could ever shine it was famed for its agreeableness by the habitual guests of the house and the party from the spirit and vivacity that reigned around it was sometimes prolonged to a late hour in the evening courted and admired by all violet had no shyness and while her own liveliness and playfulness gave the spring to conversation the kindliness with which she drew others out and made much of what others said set all at ease and made most men happy but that which is inspiriting to some is depressing to others that which gives wings to some even laggard tongues lays leaden chains on those of others lester had rarely felt so intensely wretched so densely dull as during this hour he knew that albert wished him to make the best of himself he saw it needed no keen perception to see that violet was anxious to make him at home and happy but though touched by her kindness gratitude was powerless to untie the fetter that bound him down he remained speechless a burden to himself and to others violet was vexed but she had never felt so great an interest in any agreeable member of society as she did now in this shy man her love of protecting perhaps came strongly into play but it was united with interest of a totally different kind when the party broke up albert lingered behind to make some arrangements with his uncle he desired lester to wait for him and the latter did so placing himself once again in the most impractical seat he could find and this notwithstanding an earnest desire to behave rationally and to remove the impression his silence might have caused but violet was not to be daunted and moving from one chair to another she addressed him i forgot to tell you mr lester how much we liked your picture i mean the picture in the exhibition which albert says is your favorite i am glad you did he replied rising at once and approaching her with a look of pleasure then i suppose i was right in the opinion i gave not because i admire it for i am no judge that is no good judge of what is good but you are right because the thing is pretty and your opinion needs no confirmation it is at all events pleasant to be agreed with sometimes but it is also pleasant to be disagreed with i like a good fight agreement is more to my taste he said smiling when the world goes against me i am apt to mistrust my strongest opinions and yet in your profession i should have thought convincing was the greatest of pleasures ah yes convincing i was not thinking of that to convince is a rare pleasure and worth a good fight certainly and i never thought of defeat replied violet laughing it is a thing whose existence i deny then you are a great fool violet said albert joining them for one side must be defeated come lester if you are ready i am i hope we shall soon have the pleasure of seeing you again mr lester said mr osborne while lester stood silent feeling he ought to make some acknowledgment for the kindness which had prompted his invitation thank you good-night 
was however all he said and they departed i asked mr lester to come again violet because i saw in your face that you wished me to do so said her father but i confess albert's friend appears to have but little to say for himself he will say more when we know him better papa i like him very much then i will like him too said the fond father outward manners are often deceiving he may be clever enough within meanwhile albert strolled homewards with his friend well lester he exclaimed after waiting a very short time for an opinion to be expressed how did you like violet you are too hasty ellis was the reply i have not had time to think how i do hate people who give a correct reply said albert to be sure it takes a world of thought to see whether a woman is pretty or not oh as to beauty i can answer at once a child could see she was beautiful and not conscious of it is she know it of course she does but she does not seem to think about it not in the least then you do like her i think i must give you another correct reply he said smiling to tell you the truth i admired your cousin too much to feel satisfied to say i liked her when you asked the question the answer does for a common good-tempered girl miss osborne is much more than that even now if you repeat the question i cannot say yes very well be as roundabout as ever you please i see you like her and i am quite satisfied i know what she thought of you i mean i saw he added discreetly if she thought at all he said with sadness she must have wondered why so dull a soul ever burdened society with his presence no she did not she is too clear-sighted for that but i must say lester you did not do your best you looked as if you were going to be hanged i can excuse it when people are careless and neglectful but when everybody was bent on making you comfortable very true he interrupted quickly but it is not worth discussing here we are at number it is too late to ask you to come in good night and opening the door of a house in clarges street lester entered and albert went on his way end of volume one chapter three